0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now.
1: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news. Former President Trump's lawyers wrapped up their impeachment defense tonight, telling senators the 45th president did not incite a mob of angry supporters to attack the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. In what felt at times like an attempt to rewrite history, Donald Trump's lawyers argued instead that their client had only advocated for peaceful protests and repeatedly condemned violence throughout his time in office. They also showed selectively edited clips of Democrats, including House managers, using the word fight in speeches and television interviews, saying their words were no different than Mr. Trump's call for his supporters to fight like hell the morning of the Capitol assault. And while they were given 16 hours to make their case, they rested after just three And the Senate is moving on to the next phase of Mr. Trump's second impeachment trial, with senators submitting questions to both sides, signaling the trial could be over as soon as this weekend. Tonight, there's also some breaking news coming in from the CDC, new guidance about how to get tens of millions of American children back to school. So we've got a lot of new reporting for you tonight. Our team is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Chris Van Cleve is going to lead up for our coverage from the Capitol. Good evening, Chris.
2: Good evening, Nora. House Democrats used 11 hours to argue their case. The Trump team barely three hours to defend the former president. They attacked Democrats, sometimes relied on falsehoods as they attempted to create an alternative narrative where Mr. Trump bore no blame or responsibility for the violence that happened here on January 6th. Rejecting Democratic claims, Mr. Trump incited the riot with his rhetoric on January 6th.
3: We fight like hell.
2: His attorneys used Democrats' own words about fighting as cover for Mr. Trump's remarks.
0: We're going to be into the fight of our lives. This is the fight of
4: our life. The fight of their lives. Suddenly, the word fight is off limits. Spare us the hypocrisy and false indignation. Trump attorney
2: Michael Vanderveen, who last year sued Mr. Trump for voter suppression, went on the attack.
4: This case, unfortunately, is about political hatred. It has become very clear that the House Democrats hate Donald Trump.
2: Going back repeatedly to a selectively edited montage of Democrats' comments, Mr. Trump's lawyers tried to link them to violent images from last summer's Black Lives Matter protests. But those were in response to African Americans killed by police. Mr. Trump's language at the rally, they argued, was protected First Amendment speech. And his impeachment, an unconstitutional sham.
4: It is constitutional cancel
2: culture. Knowing the 45th president was watching in Florida, his legal team declared he did not incite the attack on the Capitol, arguing it was preplanned and made no mention of Mr. Trump spending months claiming a rigged election and teasing a wild day on January 6th
4: there was no insurrection
2: during this evening's question and answer period Mr. Trump's team was unable to answer questions from Republicans about when the president learned of the violence at the Capitol and his
4: actions to to stop it there's been absolutely no investigation
2: into that House Democrats offered this
1: those are the questions that we have as well and the reason this question keeps coming up is because the answer is nothing
2: his lawyers pointed to tweets from that afternoon where Mr.
4: Trump called for peace. The first two messages the president sent via Twitter once the incursion of the Capitol began were, stay peaceful. But that ignores
2: this tweet sent 14 minutes earlier taking aim at his own vice president just after he was evacuated off the Senate floor. With 17 Republicans needed to convict Mr. Trump, few have signaled they will.
4: I think the president's lawyers blew the house manager case out of the water. They legally eviscerated them. President Biden
2: said he had not spoken to any Republicans about how they might vote.
4: i just it. anxious to see what, uh, what my Republican friends do, stand on.
2: Senators submitted questions on cards like this. One of them was asking the Trump team if the president knew that Vice President Pence was in danger. They said he didn't, and that appears to not be true. We have heard from a Republican senator that he was on the phone with the former president and said Mike Pence had been evacuated from the Senate floor. Another question that was submitted, do the Trump team believe Mr. Trump lost the election? They said that question was irrelevant. Nora.
1: Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Let's bring in CBS's Nancy Cordes now. All right, Nancy, that question and answer portion of the trial has concluded. What did we learn from it?
5: Well, first off, we learned how some Senate Republicans are likely to vote. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, for example, as part of his question, described this proceeding as a, quote, political show trial. That's a pretty good hint that he is leaning towards acquittal. We also learned that the president's lawyers haven't spent much time, if any, talking to their client, because not only did they have no idea what actions he took, if any, to stop the violence once it started on January 6th, but they also couldn't answer that question about why Mr. Trump was still tweeting criticisms of his own vice president that day even after he had been told the VP had to be evacuated from the Senate chamber because the mob was closing in, Nora.
1: And Nancy, it's unlikely at this hour that there are going to be 17 Republicans who will vote to convict Trump. So what does that say about Trump's standing in the party going forward?
5: Well, it shows that some Republicans still fear the political price of crossing him, even as others are advocating for a clean break from the Trump era. In fact, in a new interview, his former U.N. ambassador, Nikki Haley, said, quote, we need to acknowledge he let us down. He went down a path he shouldn't have, and we shouldn't have followed him, and we shouldn't have listened to him, and we can't let that happen ever again. This is significant because she was a big Trump booster for years, but she has presidential aspirations of her own and is clearly looking to carve out a lane that diverges from his, Nora.
1: Nancy Cordes, thank you. We turn now to that much-anticipated new guidance from the CDC for safely reopening schools. It includes a color-coded guide for a gradual reopening as the pandemic recedes and does not make vaccinating teachers a precondition. We get more now on The Plan from CBS's Meg Oliver. (laughs) We'll be right back.
6: <laughs> back. Tonight, the nation's schools have their roadmap for reopening safely. It's the first science-based national strategy, according to the CDC. The agency recommending a color-coded system based on community spread of coronavirus. Schools in areas with lower transmission rates are blue and yellow. Zones where in-person learning is recommended. Red zones are high transmission areas with the most restrictions. Elementary schools can remain open, while middle and high schools are recommended to go hybrid or virtual only. This is on top of safety mitigation strategies, including wearing masks, social distancing, cleaning and contact tracing. Today is a day of hope. Randy Weingarten, president of the nation's most powerful teachers union, says it's welcome news after months of teacher protests across
7: the country. It's going to take that kind of trust and collaboration um, as a touchstone, as a key to convincing people But it has to start with a roadmap of safety.
1: I miss being able to see their faces.
6: But some still aren't convinced, like pre-K teacher Adrienne Jones, who refuses to return to her Philadelphia elementary school until there are more safeguards. I want to see a report that tells me that the buildings are safe to return with the ventilation, making sure that all of the other precautionary measures are in place. Roughly 20 million children have no access to in-person learning at public schools nationwide and concerns over mental health are growing. So do you trust the school district? I do not. Maya Magithi has one child in a Philadelphia public school. She doesn't trust the district.
1: Do you want to send your child back into school in person? I want to, but not with the given current state of things with the pandemic and the uncertainty of our ventilation systems.
6: Other parents told us they're encouraged by the news and want to send their kids back in person. These guidelines come as school districts like here in Philadelphia remain in a heated debate over reopening. One major sticking point, upgrading ventilation systems. The CDC said today that they suggest opening doors and windows and using fans and that upgrading ventilation systems is not a priority for reopening. Nora.
1: An interesting point, Meg Oliver, thank you. Today, President Biden met with some of the governors and mayors who have been pleading for more doses of COVID vaccines. The president told him he hopes to get 300 million Americans vaccinated by the end of July. CBS's Weijia Zhang reports tonight from the White House. With the Biden administration
7: racing to get Americans vaccinated, the president once again blamed his predecessor for the current supply.
1: What I found when I got here that we thought was available in terms of everything from vaccine to vaccinators uh, was not the case.
7: A Michigan Democrat said his county is still not getting close to what it needs.
4: We're getting 5,000, approximately 5,000 a week. Each week we ask for 50,000.
7: In California, major vaccination sites are temporarily closed, including one at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. Governor Gavin Newsom.
3: It's constrained by one thing now, simply supply, federal supply.
7: Offering optimism, some major pharmacies started giving shots today. Moderna has asked the FDA to approve putting up to 40% more vaccine into each vial to help boost supply. And the president announced the U.S. would have enough doses to vaccinate 300 million Americans by the end of July. But vaccine scientist Peter Hotez worries that's not soon enough to fight the new strains of the virus spreading fast.
2: This is going to be a scary time, so the question is how can we get through March, April, and May until the big tranche of vaccines comes in.
7: So far, nearly 50 million doses have been administered, roughly 1.6 million a day. In order to reach herd immunity by the end of the summer, CBS News found that number would have to increase to at least 2 million shots a day. I can't give you a prediction of when everybody will be vaccinated. It really depends on uh, how effective the effort is. Here at the White House you can see the first lady has decorated for Valentine's Day. President Biden has said he wanted to restore decency and vowed to fire anyone on the spot who was disrespectful. But tonight a deputy press secretary has only been suspended for 1 week after using sexist and threatening language with a female reporter. Nora Wijang,
1: thank you. Tonight, there are bipartisan calls for an investigation into New York Governor Andrew Cuomo after his top aide admitted to Democratic lawmakers that the Cuomo administration intentionally underreported the state's COVID death toll in nursing homes. In recent weeks, a court order and the state's attorney general forced Cuomo's office to acknowledge that the death toll is nearly 15,000, thousands more than previously reported. The governor's aide said it was done out of fear. That the trump administration would use the numbers against cuomo tonight a coast-to-coast storm is threatening more than 150 million americans much of the nation is bracing for teeth chattering temperatures up to 40 degrees below normal let's get the forecast now from cbs's lonnie quinn good evening lonnie
3: Good evening, Nora. Yeah, there's that one storm you're talking about in the Pacific Northwest, but there's a lot of storms. If you look at the radar picture, I mean, I've got one, two, three, four storms all being pushed on this conveyor belt, which is the jet stream. And the jet stream is also, if you look at it on your map there, the jet stream is also funneling cold air way down south where that cold air should not be found. So let me show you how this is all going to progress. The first thing I want to start off with is that storm around the Pacific Northwest. We had near blizzard conditions today around the Columbia River Gorge. That storm pushes south. And as it goes through, say, the Wasatch Mountain and the Rocky Mountains, it's putting snow down. By Monday, it's into Texas. And look at the cold air associated with it. Houston is 9 degrees. Little Rock, Arkansas is 1 degree. 7 below in, in Carbondale. Then it pushes up into the Northeast. Philadelphia, New York City, looks like you're getting a wintry mix. So who gets the big snow out of this? It looks like Oklahoma City could see a foot of snow houston maybe even one to two inches of snow and san antonio texas could pick up a two to three inch range it's possible they end up when this is all done with more snow on the ground than philadelphia uh which is reverse of what it should be that's the latest nor it's all yours
1: san antonio my hometown thank you lonnie quinn there you go tonight a police officer from warren ohio and two bystanders are being hailed as heroes for pulling a man from a burning car Dashcam video captured the crash. The officer found the man unconscious, cut his seatbelt, and pulled him out while his pants were on fire. And the year of the ox began today, but because of the pandemic, Lunar New Year celebrations have been cut way back, especially in China, where billions usually travel for the holiday. The Chinese government has urged people not to travel, with companies offering cash and coupons as incentives. And Taylor Swift fans woke up to a brand new song, sort of. That's a new recording of her 2008 hit Love Story. The singer is re-recording her first six albums because she no longer owns the master recordings and wants to regain control of her songs. When you think of Valentine's Day, what comes to mind? Roses? Chocolate? How about binoculars? Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. Scott
4: Myers of Detroit, Michigan and Carolyn Gagne of Windsor, Canada are in one of the shortest long-distance relationships in North America.
2: We could literally wave at one another.
4: Wave at her and she would see me. Scott and Carolyn have been dating a couple years. They used to see each other all the time, but when COVID closed all land border crossings to non-essential travel, this mile-wide waterway became an ocean. So what does it take for you to see him?
0: Here we go.
5: <laughs> right. So I get in my car,
2: drive
1: four and a half hours to the airport in Toronto, got on an airplane, flew literally back to where I had started to surprise him at work. That's how much I love him.
4: <laughs> They've gotten together a few other times, but flights are expensive. So most of their visits are decidedly less intimate.
3: Scott? I'm getting my binoculars out
4: as we speak. This week, they came to the river at our request. I see you! To show just how close, but yet so far, they are.
2: My eyes are all watery. I know.
5: I miss our normal.
4: You know there are other fish in the Detroit River.
5: So, (laughs) you're the 451st person, I believe, that's asked that
1: question in the last year. Um, Scott is my person.
4: Along our borders, there are thousands of couples like Carolyn and Scott, stranded on separate shores, waiting for land crossings to open and I share their story tonight in hopes that their curse illuminates your blessing. To be stuck at home with the one you love on Valentine's Day sounds pretty perfect to them. And Carolyn says, well worth waiting for.
1: We had a trip planned last March where Scott was gonna ask me a very important question.
4: What's your favorite color?
1: Exactly. So I'm very much looking forward to Scott and I being able to finally travel where he can ask me in a very romantic manner what my favorite color is.
4: And what will the answer be?
1: Uh, Yes, and red.
5: (laughs) 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 Steve Hartman. Can you blow me a kiss?
4: CBS News.
1: (laughs) On the road.
5: I'm waiting for your kiss to make it through immigration right now.
1: We are all ready for this pandemic to be over. Stay with CBS News this weekend for the very latest as the Senate nears a verdict in former President Trump's second impeachment trial. Our coverage begins tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 Pacific. And that is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Have a great weekend. We'll see you right back here Monday. Good night.